MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, February 28th, 2020. Today, Trump meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Superman. More on the coronavirus. Four Congress people vote against a bill outlawing lynching. Eric Nosferatu Trump is mad at a Scottish member of parliament. Bloomberg pays for cheers. The FISA authorities are about to expire. And we have no inspector general in the Department of Transportation, which is headed up by Mitch's corrupt wife. I'm your host, AG, and with me today is Jordan Coburn. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm better than I... The week's been getting better. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I'm better than I was yesterday. Yesterday I was better than I was the day before. Great. Feeling better. Hope it continues. Me too. Maybe, maybe, maybe Mercury's. Well, what do we have? No, God, we have. Oh, it's we, surprising how many people keep telling me that my issues are because of Mercury. We have 19 more days. Being in retrograde. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That never happened until like this year. <laughs> Trump did it, fucked it up somehow. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have a lot of news um, uh, for, it was, it felt it started off as a slow news day, but then as the day uh, went progressed, like it just piled on. Mm-hmm. So um, I will do my best to keep up with that torrent. We usually record here at like four or four thirty um, Pacific time. So uh, we opened with the coronavirus yesterday, mm-hmm. and then Maddo opened with the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. She did her whole a first two blocks on it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is becoming a lot of news, and you're going to go over that for us. Yep. Uh, in this show. So why don't we uh, jump in? Hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Okay, so the House nearly unanimously passed an historic bill that would make lynching a federal crime on Wednesday. A law you would think would get unanimous support. But no, four assholes voted against it. Republican Ted Yoho of Florida. I didn't know we had a pirate. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that is. It is Florida. Yoho, yeah. <laughs> um, he sailed in one day and never left. <laughs> Republican Louis Gohmert of Texas, possibly the dumbest man on the planet. Uh, Republican Tom Massey of Kentucky. And Justin Amash, the House's lone independent. He was a Republican. He voted no. So get this. They, they voted no because it encroaches on states' rights. Oh, my God. Lynching. States' rights. That is bold. Yeah. That is bold because that has been the common Republican confederate flag refrain forever is that the the civil war was not fought over slavery it was fought over states rights what makes this different than just murder like in in terms of where you'll overstep into states rights territory because this bill sort of expands hate crime mm-hmm. they they include this it sort of expands what it means to be a hate crime mm-hmm. and murder is tried as you know in states mm-hmm. and so that's actually the argument that Justin Amash was putting forward saying, look, you know, the states, if a crime is a crime, it shouldn't be, you shouldn't have these hate factors involved in them. Uh, and the states should be a, should have the right to, to prosecute these lynchings, murders. And you can't, because they, because these Republicans want these murderers to be able to face the death penalty, which you can't face if you're tried for a federal crime. Hmm. Interesting. Right? 
huh. kind of makes you think about like I hadn't thought about how our laws are split up like that and jury how our jurisdictions are split up like that before because we've been watching a lot of federal criminal trials. So they voted against it because they want states to have the right to sentence that person to death. Yep. It has nothing to do with whether or not they think lynching is bad. Uh, probably not. Right. I hope not. Right. The way, I mean, when you first hear that headline, though, that's going to, unless you do more research, that's going to be your first thought is like, what could they possibly have against that? But truly, though, what could you have against it, making mm-hmm. it a federal crime? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just... it. I can't tell if here, let me read you some of so, the things that they've said. Murder then really quick, sorry. Murder is not a federal crime. No. Interesting. And then that's largely like you said because of the sentencing or punishment guidelines that they want to leave to the states to determine. I think so. Wow. Uh, that's so interesting. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. And yeah, I'm going to actually t- I'm going to reach out to some lawyer friends yeah. because I in my head like all crimes just sort of went into one bucket. Right. Before, you know? Yeah. And totally. I never thought about the difference between a capital crime, a federal crime, um, a crime is a crime. The states prosecute federal crimes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, like, how does it work? Mm-hmm. How do you determine what juris- what falls under what jurisdiction? Yeah. Um, now, I think if you, you know, if you murder someone and then cross a state line, then maybe the FBI gets involved and you're, and you're talking about breaking other federal laws. Yeah. I have to, I'll have to ask because, I mean, it seems like I should know mm-hmm. what... You know, if murder is a federal crime, mm-hmm. depending on how you murder, I don't know. I, I have to look into it. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do some research. Yeah. Um, but let's see. Uh, who's this? Yoho. <laughs> I just do the pirate song in my head every time. <laughs> Says this bill today is an overreach and encroaches on the principles of federalism. Hate crimes fall under the jurisdiction of states, which has led 40, 46 states producing various hate crime statutes. In my home state of Florida, these crimes are already under state government jurisdiction and are punishable up to death. Gomert says he wants states to penalize people for lynching so they can face capital punishment. Amash cites a death penalty. Mm-hmm. Amash cited similar reasons, saying, quote, created, uh, creating federal crimes for matters that are normally handled by the state obscures what which government, federal or state, is responsible for investigating and prosecuting the crime. And it gives power to unelected federal officials whom voters can't directly hold accountable. Hmm. So, like, the attorney general hmm. or the U.S. attorney... Yeah. Or a district attorney. Yep. But, but well, no, district attorneys I, we do elect, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like where they mm-hmm. where they separate. Right. So like the appointed people that would exist in SDNY. Right. Like Jesse Liu or, or um, mm-hmm. when um, Joyce Vance was um, prosecutor, U.S. attorney in Birmingham, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's how I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, prosecutors. And so do you think... Do you think that really only four people thought that way or just everybody else realized how bad it looks <laughs> maybe to vote no on it? Yeah. Or like, why not? You know, and I mean. Yeah, I feel like so many states have a history of not prosecuting people, you know, to the fullest extent of the law or like not doing their own. Someone mentioned that they think they should states should have the responsibility of investigating and prosecuting. But a lot of states aren't investigating and prosecuting hate crimes to the level they should be, which maybe is one of the reasons this bill was introduced in the first place. Yeah, four states don't even have hate crime statutes. So Jesus. Um, Pelosi said the legislation will not erase the stain of lynching and racial violence, but it will help um, shine the light of truth on the injustices of the past so that we can heal our nation and build a better, safer future for all our children. 
So that was Pelosi's take on this. Um, I haven't heard anybody uh, yet. I'm not saying no one is uh, mm-hmm. defending the, uh, you know, the the fact that you could lose the take the death penalty off the table by moving these to federal crimes. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that we don't have death penalty for federal crimes. Yeah. Like, is it just white collar crimes that <laughs> that are federal crimes? Yeah, that is strange. Yeah, I guess whenever the feds get involved, like the FBI or whatever, then it's that's a federal crime. I'm always so entirely confused by the federal, you know, operations versus state operations. Something like marijuana, for example, which is federally, you know, illegal. Schedule one. It's not federally decriminalized. It's just straight up federally illegal. But then in California, I can walk into a shop and buy it with my ID like alcohol. It's just very, very confusing. I need a... I need a civics lesson and all of that stuff, exactly how that kind of works. Yeah, the way that I've, like, I've always seen it happen is that a state will do something and then a lawsuit will happen. Right. And then the Supreme Court or, the you know, whatever court decides, like if it could be a lower appeals court, et cetera, mm-hmm. decides if the state has the right to do that, mm-hmm. even in the face of a federal law. I don't know that anyone's brought a, a pot suit, you know. Yeah. Um, and where we had to no one's decide. Scared enough to get up off the couch <laughs> and respond to a summons. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, the stock market today down. Uh, do your Kai Rizdal. Um, way down, twelve hundred points down, which is a brutal loss amidst coronavirus concerns. This is the worst week for the blue chip index since the crash of two thousand and eight. Wow. The Dow has lost thirty two hundred points this week. This week, wiping out the last six months of gains. That's a 10% drop, and the S&P 500 is down 4.4%, and the NASDAQ composite is off by 4.6%, which puts all three major indices in correction. And correction means a drop of 10% from the 52-week high. So you take the last 52 weeks, whatever mm-hmm. the highest high was, if you drop 10% below that, it's called you're in, you're, it's a correction. Mm-hmm. Basically meaning the stock market is correcting itself because it got too inflated. Uh, the heaviest hit stocks were transport-related stocks, tech stocks, and the energy sector, mm. which makes sense because the sell-off indicates investors are worried about it, like a stranglehold on global movement mm-hmm. due to that. Those are the things that the coronavirus would, yeah, um, dis- like stra- put a stranglehold on. I was just at a store today, actually, and someone I was looking. Um, my girlfriend who's in town was looking for a different size. Or wait, no, I overheard someone else looking for a different size, and the woman was like, "Oh, you know what? Actually, you should probably just get this size now because." Because of coronavirus, we're not going to be able to get a new size in for, like, a really long time. Wow. That, or she's just using that shit to get someone to buy something, which is really <laughs> fucked up. That's a hell of a sales <laughs> yeah. technique, right? Yes, but it was, like, a thrift store, so I don't, like, yeah. Hey, I got some condoms about to expire. Yeah, yeah. or not not a thrift store, but, yeah, like, a boutique kind of place, which is, it was, it's, but that was just, I had to do a to double hear. take. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is something that everybody is thinking of already. Hmm. Yeah. And it's impacting people already. Yeah, and Here. and the stock market, and yeah, we've uh, you'll you'll be going over this in your segment too. Yeah, we've, we've got a case here now. Uh, also today, three authorities of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act or FISA are about to expire, which kicked off a fight in Congress over the future of the wiretap program. As we know, the FISA process very much in the news right now because of its erroneous starring role. In the Carter Page investigation, you might say the Mueller investigation, but nay, it's the Carter <laughs> Page investigation, uh, which I guess was part of the Mueller investigation. Uh, but I think the FBI was doing that counterintelligence, and I don't think it was, I think it was ha- either handed off or it wasn't him. 
Um, but as we know, Carter Page at the time he was surveilled beginning in September of 2016, the Trump Russia investigation was already well underway, um, in 2016 at that point. Uh, it started in July, July 31st over that weekend. As a matter of fact, according to Andy McCabe, it's when they heard from the Australian diplomat who talked about Papadopoulos and Mifsud, mm-hmm. uh, having dirt and the Russians having dirt and trying to get it dirt mm-hmm. on Hillary in the form of her emails. And so this FISA page carter page thing is like no like i don't care like (laughs) first of all the aclu has been on fisa for reforms for a long time i don't like the wiretapping program most people is that back from like patriot act era Mm -hmm. so it looks like the fisa was started in 1978 october 25th uh the fisc excuse me the Mm -hmm. the court Mm -hmm. and it looks like it was affected by the Patriot Act in that it was expanded to include terrorism Mm -hmm. on behalf of groups not specifically backed by a foreign government. Got it. So, you know, you couldn't be like, we're going to look at Al-Qaeda because they they aren't a government. Mm -hmm. So then they said, okay, well, you can can look at terrorist groups. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for the question. And so anyway, the, the Carter Page thing, nothing that we didn't indict page nothing that was gotten from page had anything to do with the trump campaign because he'd already left they were just investigating him because he's he's hangs out with russians Mm -hmm. he's been busted twice Mm -hmm. two of the russians he hung out with the last time in 2013 when he got busted are in prison Mm -hmm. like he's just the russia kind of conspiry dude and Mm -hmm. he hangs out with spies and bad guys and that's why you tail that guy and and he wasn't arrested, and nothing that was got from the FISA warrant was used in anything in the Mueller report or anything. So it's like, shut up. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Um, and I, I, the ACLU is, you know, has been, like I said, on FISA for a long time and the FISC for, to make reforms so that to protect our civil liberties. Um, and the, you know, as we know, the Department of Justice Inspector General wrote a scathing report on, on the FISA uh, process, and in the particular Carter Page one showing that they had 17 errors. Um, Though the IG said that no one was influenced by political bias um, in in obtaining that, and Rod Rosenstein signed off on it, who landed the plane for Trump. So the Dems want to make some changes uh, to these FISA provisions. The Republicans want to kick the can down the road by passing it clean and making changes another time. I wish I could do that at work. Just be like, let's do that another time. Mm -hmm. When? When I get to it. It'll Mm -hmm. be fine. Yep. Don't worry about it. Trust me. Later. I run everything. Trust me. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So they want to kick the can out. Just kind of re-up it, basically. Mm-hmm. These Republicans who've been screaming about the Carter Page FISA just want to keep it how it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zoe Lofgren <laughs> said she wanted to add a bunch of amendments last minute. So that would inject more civil liberty liberties protections. And um, Georgia Rep. Doug Collins said Tuesday that the proposal failed to protect American citizens. So it seems Republicans, like I said, are just fine with the FISA. Uh, the hearing to discuss amendments today was canceled after a last-minute move by Zoe Lofgren to add her amendments. Collins, Susan, was uh, upset. She was concerned. Um, she slammed on the she slammed the Democrats for stalling. She says she's stalling. You're just stall tactics when we, our national security hangs in the balance. What did what did Democrats gain by stalling? Um, well, for example, uh, Jayapal says she's fine if these just expire. Mm. <laughs> like. Defy, like fuck the FISA, pretty much. Yeah. 
Um, Schiff and Nadler are both against a clean resolution. They want to make changes, mostly based on the Inspector General report. Right. Uh, and also to to make sure that, you know, you aren't spying on American citizens that you aren't shouldn't be spying on or, or to toughen up the application process. Yeah. Or cl- just clean it up. So do you think it's a thing where Republicans truly, like Colin said, don't want to spend the time to look through it and comb through it and actually go through some sort of, you know, I know it's not amendments as a process, but modifying it whereas democrats are like let's just take the time to change it to you know what works best for us i think it's more like the republicans really like it the way it is Mm -hmm. they like the power and they like to be able to apply for fisa warrants and and to be able to spy on people Mm -hmm. and and that's and I shouldn't use the word spy. I that that's right. Not, you know, it's used against. Yes. Yeah, it's because yeah, you're right. We they use that against. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Manny McCabe. This is a very legitimate process. Spied on me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, surveil. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, and you know, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be able to do that. I just think that there. This is a great time to amend the process. Mm-hmm. Republicans are no, leave it alone. We'll amend it later. Here's the scary fucking part. Barr. Bill Barr was on the Hill Tuesday in a closed-door meeting, pushing whatever fascist thing he wants. But he urged the GOP senators to extend the provisions. You just just pass it um, while he takes steps within the Justice Department to reform the law administratively. That's frightening. It would probably include some shit like he has to personally review all FISA applications and mm-hmm. only ones that spy on Democrats are allowed through. You know, like I, at this point, why not just say it? Yeah. Um, but that's a little creepy. He's like, just pass it. Just just pass it as it is. That is. I'll take care of it. Yeah. Well, that is creepy, though, because if I understood correctly, GOP folks want to keep it how it is. So if Barr is saying I'll change it, shouldn't that alarm them? They're probably not changing it in the way that right they would be mad about right exactly. They want to. I'm just calling you, them out on their logical ah, missteps. Yeah. I think he wants to just make these administrative rules around mm-hmm. the law that mm-hmm. say only I can do this. Yeah. It has to be approved by me. Yep. We have to inform the president when it happens. Uh, whistleblowers, we can't send any whistleblower stuff. It, whatever mm-hmm. his rules that he makes around this law are, and and that's just freak. That freaks me out because the law is made and has it has an intent by congress you mm-hmm. know the bill i mean the provisions they're going to expire so here we are and we'll keep you posted on how it all goes down uh john cornyn of texas says he doubts nadler and schiff want to be responsible for allowing a fisa provision to expire jeopardizing our national security um because the security of the fisc we likely it, they're super secret right so we likely won't know what sort of things are currently in the works or that you know they're not going to come out and say we wouldn't have done this if it weren't for the Fisk. So it's hard to defend mm-hmm. as a system just because you can't talk about anything that happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happens in the Fisk stays in the Fisk. Uh, all right. We will be right back. Uh, if you want these episodes ad-free, just head to patreon.com slash, slash, I'm sorry. Head to, <laughs> hey, slash Muller She Wrote Works also. But head to patreon.com slash The Daily Beans and uh, sign up, become a patron. We just recorded our second video episode. Yes. We also made an audio one so you can hear it in your premium feed if you're a member yep. so check it out yep. we'll be right back after these messages we'll be right back 
Hey everybody, it's AG, and today's episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Every Plate. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with America's best value meal kit, Every Plate. Get meals you'll enjoy and your bank account will love, delivered right to your door. At this point, everyone's familiar with meal kits, and I'll be honest, at first I was skeptical, thinking meal kits might be expensive, but what sets Every Plate apart is their incredible price point. Every Plate is up to 58% cheaper than other major meal kits out there. One meal is the same price as one cup of coffee, so Every Plate dinners are the cheaper alternative to takeout, delivery, or other overpriced meal kits. And, best of all, their meals are delicious. Every Plate's easy-to-follow recipes and uh, pre-portioned ingredients take the stress out of dinner time. Recipes come together in about 30 minutes, definitely faster than a trip to the grocery store and starting a meal from scratch. And less time deciding what to cook means more time spent enjoying food with good family and people that you love. Every Plate does the meal planning, shopping, and prepping for you. Take the time-consuming guesswork out of cooking. Never buy more ingredients than you need because Every Plate's recipes come with everything already pre-measured. The meals are so tasty, you'll save a ton of time and money. Every Plate is constantly expanding their shipment zones, too. So check to make sure your zip code is included when they uh, ship at checkout. Get three weeks of Every Plate meals for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code DAILYBEANS3. That is 40% off your first three boxes. Just go to everyplate.com and enter the code DAILYBEANS3. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. Jordan, what's going on with the coronavirus today? Uh, So kind of some scary stuff, uh, mostly scary stuff coming from the top. Pence, as we know, he's in, you know, at the helm of the task force that's supposed to be addressing coronavirus. And that in itself is scary. But now he's controlling all messaging that's coming out from the government and from health officials about coronavirus. So everything that government health officials and scientists are wanting to say and tell the public, they have to coordinate that statement with the vice president's office. Um, And that's obviously you know, scary to think about considering there he's forcing it to be filtered through a mesh of unqualified, you know, like <laughs> people. Yeah, like, hey, super smart scientist. Let me dumb this down yeah. for you. Run it through the Pence filter. Right. And I don't know what the prospects are of us knowing what the statements were supposed to look like before the ones that we're actually going to get. And I'm trying to not be super conspiracy theory, you know, theorist about it just yet, because what they're saying is that they're doing it to make sure the right information gets out. Because there's been some moments where some people have said one thing and other people have said another thing. So he's saying that he just is making this rule so that it'll be a unified message. Mm-hmm. And and so there's less, you know, chaos when some of this information is released that is incongruous. Incongruent? Um, Congruous. Yeah, I am 100% not believing any fucking thing this White House tells me about the weather, about diseases, about anything. Like anything. About something that happens in in Iraq. Like, I just don't believe anything they have to say. Yeah. I'm also starting, you know, because our podcast attracts a whole bunch of people. Some of people... Um, some of them actually have a lot of insight into some of the things that we talk about. And I've gotten some messages from sort of like anonymous sources that saying stuff like, I can't tell you more, unfortunately, but I will just say, don't trust what they say. And that's a scary thing to hear. And I hate to even, I'm sorry I'm repeating it right now because I don't think, you know, they mean to stoke any fear other than the fact that continue to be skeptical of anything that comes out of that office. But I do think that we're going to see some whistleblowers in the future that are going to come forward about what's happening with how they're handling this right now. Yeah. And did you see the the story about the whistleblower? Uh, the whistleblower, I did not. Yeah. Um, there was a whistleblower, apparently, 
in I think it was Health and Human Services. Mm-hmm. They basically, you know, when they sent everybody over to go and pick up the the folks from Wuhan and yeah. put them on the plane. Yeah, they didn't send any safety gear. They weren't wearing masks. Right. And when the whistleblower tried to blow the whistle, she was reassigned. Wow. So she's they're retaliating against whistleblowers now about wow. covering up mm-hmm. covering up for them not doing their due diligence or the right thing to make sure it didn't spread to more people. Yeah, so we have that chilling effect on whistleblowers, not to mention the Ukraine whistleblower yes. chilling effect that that outing that whistleblower had and of course the firing of Vindman and I mean a lot and a lot of people are just you know the, the 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 cleaning house at the Department of Justice a lot of people are just like if I speak up. Yeah. I think a big part of it of why they're starting to force their own messaging on top of the messaging of all these officials and actual scientists is that the stock market's being hit so hard. So yeah, his, if they his can, donors are losing money. Yes. And if they can try to, you know, shape the message around a narrative that isn't going to scare the stock, the stock market as much and they can put as positive of a spin as they can on it, that's going to hopefully maintain you know, this is their thinking. Obviously, I'm yeah. thinking that this is yeah. going to help the 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 stock and the stocks not continue to drop because that, the economy is the only thing that Trump really has to campaign on at this point. It is, and I could terrifyingly see him say, "We can't have an election this year because <sighs> like you can't go to the polls." Yeah, or something. or 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 like you know the. There's a stock market emergency. Uh, we, I need to stay in office. We can't have an election. You know, just I, I just it's crazy shit. No, that's way out there. Not, that's like but... tinfoil hat stuff. But like, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, he talks about having being president until the year seventy thousand. So mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know um, yeah. what to do about that. But just the whole putting a cap on communications. Any scientists, CDC, uh, that they, the lady who. Um, the doctor who came out and made the stern warnings mm-hmm. is Rosenstein's sister. Hmm. Uh, and Trump is very mad at her, waging a war against her. <laughs> Great. So Getting the old Vindman treatment. Yeah. And, and poor Rod's probably like, just, okay, whatever you say, buddy. You yeah. know, he's just so wispy. Not standing up for his sister. No, just so spineless. Yeah. And speaking of no spines, there's two more people that are now a part of the coalition that's under Mike Pence uh, that are on the team. And it is Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin talking about people crafting messages that's not going to upset the stock market. Uh-huh. He's on there. Steve. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, top White House economist Larry Kudlow. What kind of rapping so, name is Steve? What kind of what? Rapping name. Rapping name. Uh, Flight of the Concords. Uh, 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 yeah. And... Uh, and who's the other guy? Uh, Larry Kudlow, Larry White Kudlow. House economist. The so money they're guys. adding the money guys. They're adding the money guys to the team. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that is shitty. <laughs> uh, so, Although okay, I, w- so. I know that they're going to make the argument though that it's like it will affect the markets drastically, you know, or just how operations happen. So that's probably how they're just going to. That's what they're going to say. Their their uses. Yeah, our, our job is force. to shore up the economy during this crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be nice if they said words like that. Those are big words. Yeah, they are big words. Um, and then another coronavirus news. This is scary. This was this happened yesterday, but we didn't report on it until today. A case of coronavirus has been confirmed in California, in Northern California, and I believe they were treated in Sacramento County, I think I read. What's scary about this case in particular, though, is that they can't seem to find a direct link to when the individual could have contracted it from anybody that was traveling back from any of the countries where the cases have sprouted uh, before that point, 
or or anything really. So this is called, I think it's called a community contraction. Community spread. Community, community spread. Uh-huh. Yes. That's um, exactly right. Yeah. And Dr. William Schaffner, he's an infectious disease specialist at... Man. William Schaffner? Yeah, William Schaffner. Oh, Schaffner. Schaffner. So close. It's very close. Bones. <laughs> yes. We... Must. Can you imagine how many phone calls he has that are like, oh, God, uh, your name, William Schaffner? The William Schaffner? It's like Matt nope. Gertz. William Schaffner. Yeah. <laughs> is that like Matt Gates? Matt Gertz is, is another guy. He's a journalist. He spends most of his day like, wrong guy. Ugh. <laughs> Poor guy. I know. Yeah. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt Gertz. But Dr. William Schaffner, not Shatner, uh, he is, like I said, an infectious disease specialist at Vanderbilt. He said, the thing that would immediately make all of us uneasy is if this person has no direct contact with someone who comes from an affected country. That would suggest there are other undetected cases out there, and we have already started some low-grade transmission. Yep. So, yeah. I Vaccine's mean, a year and a half away. Mm-hmm. Stock market's down 10%. We're into a correction. Worst yep. stock week since the crash. Yep. They were pretty reckless with their repatriation of mm-hmm. folks I know out of the cruise ship, for example. Mm-hmm. They had put people on planes that they, like, didn't no had coronavirus that was what the whistleblower was blown ah okay do you remember i think i brought this up there was a couple that was on the ship that was american and when the doctors came to be like all right let's go time to go they were like no thank you i'm safer here i don't trust that you guys have done the right shit so i'm not just going to get on an airplane and contract it yeah and then that happened i know some people were like help us trump come save us mr (laughs) trump and then other people were like fuck you mr trump i'm not getting on your plane yeah this family was like we're just going to stay in japan then and then we'll just stay over there until you guys say we can come back but i feel safer staying here than i feel going with you guys yeah that's awesome yeah it is awesome and it was a good call on their part but it's really scary no, I, I was being sarcastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is awesome that they had the right call. Yes, that mm-hmm. is awesome. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm glad that they're safe. But we we have just a totally incompetent, unstaffed government yeah. right now. Yeah, in so many different sectors, and every sector is going to be affected by this. It's already happening in other countries in the global economy. I do think, too, just on a small public health note, given this, it's probably possible that it's making its way through communities, you know, or is well on its way to doing that. And a lot of people won't even have symptoms. A lot of people will just, you know, just present as a mild cold and they won't get that really shitty second wave during like day five, I think it is, or something Mm -hmm. where the respiratory failure comes. So just like wash your hands constantly. Yeah, wash your hands. Wash your hands and Uh, be smart. Stop shaking hands. Stop fist bumping. Do elbow bump. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. Sneeze into your inside of your elbow. Um. Yeah, and wash your friggin' hands mm-hmm. and carry some Purell around with you, and just you know, be. Uh, we, I mean, we should kind of do those things, but yeah. Anyway, but I'm I'm not a very precautionary person, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm I do have to make some behavioral changes to to sort of make sure that I I can you know, like be not sick. Yeah, I should, but I should do those things anyway. So no. Um. All right, we will be right back uh, after this with uh, more news. What do we have? What do we have on the other side of the break? Uh, Bloomberg is being accused of something. Oh, yeah, Elaine Chow. We're going to talk about Turtle Dick Mitch's wife. And Eric Trump is really mad about something. That's pretty. That's a pretty funny story. So stick around. We'll be right back. 
Hey everybody, it's AG, and this segment of Daily Beans is brought to you by Noom. Everybody wants to be healthier and live a longer, happier life, but comparing ourselves and our individual goals to others can be counterproductive and discouraging. That's why I started Noom about a year and a half ago. And getting in shape doesn't have to be about losing a specific amount of weight or a magic number on the scale. It's about building healthier habits and feeling better about yourself. That's why I love the habit-changing program from Noom. They help you develop a new relationship with food and adjust to your lifestyle. It's very personalized. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep track of everything in one app. So all the different things that I used to have 10 different apps for are all in one place. From workout, uh, tracking your workouts and tracking your steps to analyzing your diet, recommending healthy recipes. Um, Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and the whole community of Noomers. So you have all the support you need to empower your change. So like I said, I started about a year ago. I initially lost uh, quite a bit of weight, but uh, mainly I've just been able to maintain it and sort of understand like how to moderate things and how to not go. I'm, I'm either all or nothing on a diet. And so this has really helped me out. And it's based in cognitive behavioral research and it uses personalized courses to help you reach your goals. So you don't have to commit to a rigorous plan either. It does not time consuming. It's just 10 minutes a day. They make it really convenient. Noom doesn't use negative reinforcement. And that's my favorite part. So there's no shaming, uh, no guilt. It's the perfect time to make a step towards healthier habits. So sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M.com slash Daily Beans. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash Daily Beans to start your trial today. That's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash Daily Beans. You'll be glad you did. So I wanted to bring this up because we sort of covered this yesterday. And uh, it's just, do you ever like do that thing where you have a thought and then that thought gets reinforced and you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Bloomberg is now being accused of paying people to cheer for him at the debate in South Carolina. Uh, there's no evidence of that, obviously. This was a clickbait headline, like, Bloomberg accused of paying people to cheer for him. That's not really what happened. But he did receive many suspicious loud cheers from his very mediocre performance, Mm -hmm. while other candidates had some zingers that were met with crickets. Yep. And Bloomberg was in desperate need of an improved performance after he was dismantled (laughs) in the first debate um, uh, brought to you by Elizabeth Warren. uh, And that was in Nevada. But CNN's Chris Saliza... Like I said, this is sort of reinforced what we talked about yesterday, saying candidates should not be allowed to try to pack the debate hall with a cheering section who applaud when they open their mouth. It's not only annoying, but it changes the way people watching on TV perceive answers and the way the candidates give them uh, and the candidates that give them. There, there's no evidence, like I said, that he directly paid anyone. Mm-hmm. But, Jordan, you were making the point at $3,200 a ticket on the high side. It's no wonder he's got fans in the crowd. You know, um, the DNC comms director said candidates get the same amount of tickets. Uh, excuse me, they get the same amount of tickets. No one is packing the hall. This is how conspiracy theories get started. Thanks, DNC, Dad. <laughs> uh, I personally don't feel good about the DNC, um, but I can't believe anything anyone who has taken Bloomberg money says mm-hmm. because the DNC has taken a lot of Bloomberg money. This is why we didn't take Bloomberg money. It's, I feel like it, it would it would it feels like dirty credi- money. It would tank our credibility. Yeah. You know, like, do you really like yeah. Bloomberg? And now what are you telling us that isn't real? Mm-hmm. So I know the DNC has taken a lot of, of enough money from Bloomberg to get him on the debate stage to change the rules in the middle of the game after candidates already had to drop out by not meeting those criteria. Yeah. People are saying that money was just going directly to the state's Democratic Party. But it's like maybe do a different fundraiser. That's not the presidential debate. Yeah. But I don't know if that's what's happening every single debate. I imagine to a certain degree it is because it's such a big production and there's so many people that are, you know, investing in it. So I imagine there's a decent amount of payout to various organizations. But that high, what I don't 
I never heard of tickets being that high at any of the other debates. No. Yeah. Um, so I love this idea. No applause. They, we've had debates where you're not supposed to. Uh-huh. No applause. Maybe maybe let them applaud at the right. end. If it's like a huge know? zinger, though, sometimes you can't contain it. <gasps> well, you, you know? hear gas. Yeah. You know, and that's okay. Uh, and that is how it should be. That's how the reaction should be in those in those halls. And no playing of other of any candidates' ads during a debate. Stop it. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much money friggin' gave you. Um, all right, let's see. Let's move along here now. Uh, Elaine Chow. Um, we haven't talked too much about her, but she's been in a lot of fucking trouble. Uh, she's the embattled head of the Department of Transportation. She's the wife of Turtle Dick Mitch, Mitch McConnell. She's facing a ton of ethics violations and problems. Is nepotism one of them? <laughs> yes, actually. She's been making a lot of money for her husband. She's sending a lot of money into Kentucky. She's she's specifically signed, like doing deals with businesses out of Kentucky, which she is not supposed to be doing. Uh, and now her husband gets to help pick the new inspector general for her agency. Oh, that's um, going to oversee her conduct? Yes. This is the inspector general that would succeed the previous inspector general that was investigating her. Uh, at least one of the scandals involves money for Mitch, like I said. And now he's poised to protect himself and his wife by he could hold up a permanent replacement for the inspector general. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or install a friend. And then the only people, people that would hold people. him accountable for... Doing that would be the Department of Justice. Or Congress who, could investigate, but like, yeah, but what teeth does that have until we vote yeah. blue, vote more blue people in? Yep. Wow, that's shitty as fuck. Just more corruption, more cover up, more friends, more you can keep criming. Mm-hmm. Um, all I all I have to say is, if you don't vote, <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad at you because if we can just get a dem in the house, we can get somebody in the, in the to get rid of Barr. We these all these crimes, the statute of limitations will lapse if Trump wins another term. Mm -hmm. So if you want to see these folks prosecuted, just vote. If that's your only reason to vote, just do it. Even if if you hate whoever wins, you know, just fucking do it. Because we want Ruth Bader Ginsburg to be able to retire. We want to be able to replace her um, with a a judge that doesn't suck. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and and we got to prosecute these fuckers. So vote. Yep. Um. Yeah. So she's 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 a piece of shit. Um. Eric, and I'm sure Congress is looking into it too. I mean, can you imagine how much they have to look into on a daily basis? It's got to be insane. Mm-hmm. So Eric Trump is mad. Uh, he's attacking the Scottish Green Party's leader Patrick Harvey after he called Patrick Harvey called for an investigation into the money behind land purchases, saying there were reasonable grounds to believe and suspect that the U.S. president or people he's connected with, have been involved in serious crimes. Mm. <laughs> uh, Eric Trump went after him. That's who they sent out to go after him? <laughs> in the <laughs> National, calling Harvey an irrelevant, spineless politician. But Harvey says there are big questions about Trump's business dealings. Um, he says, quote, the purchase of the many estate and the Turnberry Golf Resort were part of Trump's huge cash spending spree in the midst of a global financial crisis when no one would lend to him while his son was bragging about money pouring in from Russia. Sorry if I'm looking into it, you know, mm-hmm. um, the U.S. House of Representatives has heard testimony. This is still Patrick Harvey talking, saying uh, that uh, that says we saw patterns of buying and selling that we thought were suggestive of money laundering. Uh, the government has the power to investigate why Trump's income doesn't match his spending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so Eric Trump says Harvey's comments are disgusting. He has no evidence. He's reckless, irresponsible, and his comments are unbecoming for a member of the Scottish Parliament. Do people not understand what investigation means? It's to gain more evidence. Uh, it's just to look at something. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you opposed? If you're innocent, shut up. Yep. And it's like not your government. <laughs> right? <laughs> And um, he said, uh, Eric Trump also said his conduct doesn't serve the best interest of the Scottish people and he should be admonished and sanctioned for admonished and sanctioned for his conduct. We demand we get a mouse in your pocket. (laughs) We demand he immediately retract his libelous statements. Oh, he's going to sue failing, which we will hold him fully accountable. So sue the government of scotland sue scotland because you're concerned about their own frivolous investigations that will waste the tax dollars of scottish citizens it's so fucking stupid it's the dumbest thing ever they probably are going to do that they'll probably launch an investigation and have bill Barr go over there and find out what's happening Mm -hmm. it's just absolutely stupid and ridiculous so yep uh, that is what's going on in Scotland. Uh, we have some good news right after this break. So stick around for the good news. You'll like it. I promise. Your wildest dreams will come true. Hey, everybody. It's AG. And this portion of Daily Beans is sponsored by Clear. Uh, it seems like I'm always running late. I'm super busy trying to race from one appointment to the next. It's very stressful, especially when I'm traveling, trying to get to the airport early enough to avoid the I might miss my flight anxiety. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, Clear. Now, I have been using Clear for a couple years now, um, at least since we started going on tour. And I absolutely love it. Um, it's it just you bypass the entire security line. You'll never run uh, late to your gate again. They help get you through security with a tap of your finger so you can get to your gate faster and reduce your stress, basically. It's, it's a stress relief situation. Um, they replace the need for physical ID cards using your eyes and your fingertips to get you through security because you are the best ID out there. Create your account online before going to the airport, and once you get to the airport, a Clear ambassador helps you finish the process. You can immediately use Clear. Clear helps you get through security faster in 65-plus airports and stadiums across the country, with more being added every day. If you're traveling with your family, up to three family members can be added at a discounted rate, and kids under 18 are free when traveling with a Clear member. Clear is the absolute best way to get through airport security. It works great with PreCheck, too. Uh, I hate being stressed during travel, so I'm super excited to use it. I always I use it every time, at wherever, whenever I'm traveling, whatever airport has it, I use it. Right now, listeners of our show can get the first two months of Clear for free. Try it for free. Go to clearme.com slash dailybeans and use code dailybeans. That's C-L-E-A-R-M-E dot com slash dailybeans. Code dailybeans for free two months of clear. You'll be glad you did. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. All right, everybody, welcome back. So this is pretty cool news. Um, The Commandant of the Marine Corps has banned Confederate symbols from all Marine installations. Uh, General David Berger has ordered all Confederate-related paraphernalia to be removed from Corps installations. A document showing his orders uh, is online, though it does not give a deadline. Quote, last week, the Commandant of the Marine Corps directed specific tasks be reviewed or addressed by headquarters Marine Corps staff. Uh, Many of the tasks were published on Twitter on Friday. Uh, Any official policy decisions, changes, or implementation will be published via appropriate orders and messages. So the question of the Confederate flag has sort of been a vexing one for the military for a long time. Because, like, in 2016, the Marine Corps refused a man um, to allow a man with a large Confederate flag tattoo to enlist in the Marine Corps. Yet 10 army bases are still named after Confederate generals. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Uh, some other good news stories shared with uh, from our patrons and listeners. Um, from Elizabeth Keys. Um, let's see. Student activist calls on lawmakers to mandate free period products. Uh, I watched these kids testify today, and they're absolute badasses, she says. I can't imagine going in front of a legislative committee when I was 16 years old and talking about my period. <laughs> yeah. This is such an important issue, and it really brightened my day that the next generation is full of activists that are crushing it on the regular. So that is really cool. It is very cool. Uh, and from Sherry DiCarlo, I started my own company today. I do special education adv- advocacy. It's scary to take this step, but it's my passion. Mm-hmm. I, I feel you. That's awesome. I know exactly what you're going through. <laughs> so does Jordan. So awesome. High five. Um, from Dana Leavesay, uh, lynching was finally made a federal crime. I think it still has to pass the Senate. I don't know. I'll have to check it out. Uh, but we covered that a little bit earlier mm-hmm. in the show. So that's also good news. And from Shannon Davis, I spent the day at our state capitol in Jefferson City, Missouri, advocating for transgender rights. The state Republicans have introduced 12 plus anti-trans bills. God. Uh, the good news, I met some amazing trans young people who are not backing down. So, gotta love the youth. They will save us. That's awesome. And from Jean Yoon, last Saturday I received the Award of Excellence from my union, ACTRA Toronto. I am the first Asian actor to receive this honor since it was established in 2003. The really good news is that I'm still working. Thank the goddesses. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so great. Yeah, uh, that's from Jean Yoon. So, congratulations on that. Uh, I ran a mile in 10 minutes. That's my fastest mile I've ever run in my life. Awesome. Uh, at my at my age. And that includes my time in the military. Mm-hmm. My cholesterol is lower than I was when I was 21 years old. That's dope. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Running is fucking hard. I don't like it. No. But I did it. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. Any good news on your front? I, um... You didn't get your... I didn't get any more shit, <laughs> shitty shit happening to my car today, but uh, my best friend is in town, so that's great news. Excellent. And she's doing very well. And uh, let's get social. This is like a good news social hashtag thing, so let's do that. Hashtag. All right, and so trending on Twitter right now, uh, people are calling coronavirus hashtag Trump virus. They're trying to name it after him, oh, and I'm all I'm all for this. Oh, so, if you want to ha- hop on, I always get to hate that so much. I love it. Yeah, I know, isn't that great? Yeah, want to hop on and help uh, keep hashtag Trump virus trending. Mm-hmm. It has so many different meanings. I know. Yeah, it's great. He in himself is a virus. Exactly. The people that support him, that ideology, I should say. Yes. Not the people. The hate. The ideology. The hate. Mm-hmm. The fear. Mm-hmm. It is a virus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So check it out. And there's a lot of some some people are just tweeting the hashtag just to keep it trending. But there's a Mm -hmm. lot of really good tweets out there on it, too. So that is our show for Friday, Mm -hmm. the 28th. February is almost over. Holy shit. Yeah. Flew by, huh? It really did. Which is exciting when you think about us being closer to November. Yeah. And it's Friday the 28th. Like February 20th sort of has a little sad hole. I have like a hole in my heart on that Mm -hmm. day because it was supposed to be when Flynn was sentenced. Oh, but that's being pushed back. So yeah, well, one day you'll get it. One day <laughs> we'll all get it. Hmm. Mm. Just want to know how long he's going to go to jail for. It probably won't be. It'll probably be anticlimactic in like three years, and I'll be like, uh. Yeah. But at least I'll know. But he'll probably get a pardon too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. For for blowing up his plea deal and uh-huh. doing what he did with yeah rewards Sydney Powell. Yeah. Yep. It's a rewards program. The pardon rewards program. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and cry him. He'll pardon you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, everyone, uh, any final thoughts for you? 
I do have a final thought, and I don't know if I should wait for Amanda to be here to have it, but I'm having, um, I hate to bring it down, but I'm having kind of an issue on Twitter with how people are talking to me and Amanda over our support of Bernie. Mm -hmm. And it's getting to a point where it's very, I don't want to say disrespectful because that's like kind of an authority driven word. I don't mean for it to come off like that. But people are tagging us incessantly, um, saying pretty like harshly worded things, saying that, you know, we're misusing our voice, saying that we're intentionally, you know, turning a blind eye to something, things that are pretty big accusations. And if they're not accusations, then they're failing to respect the fact that we are all going off of the same news sources and we are coming to a different conclusion with our own opinions and we are being told that we only have these opinions because of some other actions you know something like we're repeating russian propaganda republican led talking points i really just want to express how much i don't appreciate that from human to human it reminds me of when my parents were divorced and fighting constantly and anytime I tried to say how I felt something that I felt very strongly about the other parent to me would say you're only saying that because you know your mom said that or because your dad said that it's just incredibly disempowering how many folks are truly just trying to take away like the validity of your feelings and your choices yes and and as if they have some other set of information that we do not have and it seems honestly a bit ageist and condescending a lot to the interactions that i've seen and that i've experienced and i'm not saying i don't want people to challenge me you know but and i don't want people to not challenge amanda i understand how important this is to people i want to encourage everyone to try to be a bit more intentional with how they speak with everybody about where they're at politically, regardless, you know, of myself or, and Amanda can speak for herself, but it's just incredibly, um, yeah, I don't even want to say invalidating is the issue. It's just not productive and it's, I feel like it's an, an attempt to change our minds by making us feel sort of like powerless, not knowledgeable, um, stupid like stuff's being pulled over our eyes and like we don't see it or we don't understand it it's just becoming like an issue it's becoming an issue for me where I don't even like want to go on Twitter anymore to interact with people because it's like every day it's more and more and more Um, and I just wanted to say that and I know that that's awkward and Twitter's fucking dumb and social media sucks but the fact is it is our life in a lot of ways And this election is very important to everybody, including myself. So please assume that I'm not, you know, that I'm not stupid or that I'm not ignorant or or I'm not turning a blind eye intentionally or like I'm anything other than someone that truly thinks that the people and things I advocate for, the things that I truly believe are the best 
for our country right now. And I don't even proselytize. Like, I don't even tell people to vote a certain way. Yeah, no, you don't at all. Like, no, we have discussions about the news that happens. And none of us, this podcast doesn't uh, endorse any like we haven't endorsed anyone on behalf of the podcast. And we won't until until somebody's nominated. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I totally understand where you're coming from. And that sucks that you feel that way, man, because I've seen some of the comments and it's, you know, a lot of us say, you know, we get dragged online uh, by Bernie supporters and then to turn around and drag Bernie supporters is kind of just counterproductive. Yeah. It's not kind. It's not how we should treat each other. And if if I disagree with your choice for president, we can talk about why on the issues. I can exactly tell you why I don't want Bernie to, to yeah. be my nominee because mm-hmm. there's a couple things with his health, health plan that I think other people have better. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that is a talk. That is a chat. But for me to say you only support Bernie because you aren't smart enough to make correct decisions. Right. Or understand that you're repeating Russian propaganda and you're too dumb to realize it, even though a lot of these things are things that I have felt maintained and advocated for since before the Russia interfering days. Yeah. In fact, when you were you and I had a conversation when you were an activist in college, you've actually sort of come back to the center a little bit from where you were before. So Mm -hmm. like that, this is even less left for you. It is. Yeah. And I think what's also frustrating for me is I try very hard to only advocate. There was a pretty decent string of time where I was shitting on Tulsi Gabbard pretty hard and also Bloomberg currently. So irrespective of those people i try very hard to not shit on other candidates yep you know and i very infrequently even talk super positively about bernie Mm -hmm. but even if i say anything the hounds are released on me and other people and it's not even for me i say this for the other people that i know go through this with people that are in their sphere too Mm -hmm. it encourages people to not talk it makes me want to not say anything you know yeah and that's bad it's bad and it's very disingenuous and i don't think that's honestly what you want in a podcast host if that is something you want no and you should never shame anybody for who they vote for shame people for not voting but (laughs) you know if you're gonna vote and you're passionate about something and you're knocking on doors for whoever you're knocking on doors for i love that and everyone should love that yeah you know yeah i'm sorry you're going through that no it's okay i I mean i've been through it a little bit yeah i got actually banned from twitter for because I repeated what I was the names I was being called. Yeah, online. <laughs> that's hilarious. And they banned that me. they banned. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So that was fun. But yeah, a fat bitch, whore, slut, idiot. Like, and you know, my my my. I'm always like, are you trying to get my vote? Like, do you want my vote? Because I'm open. You know, to to having discussions. To yeah. edge, and I would be told like, nah, you're fucking lost. You're a moderate old boomer piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Birdeder, you know, mm-hmm. and so it 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 does. It just feels like you just don't even want to go right there. Yeah, and I'll speak for myself here, but I'm a very like sensitive person, and I take things, and I take the things that people say very seriously and personally. I do um, too. Yeah, and and personally, and that's you know. Perhaps my own issue. Yeah, that's perhaps my own issue that I need to worry about. But when it comes to political advocacy and something, um, politics is just such a incredibly large part of my identity and always have been. I didn't like just pop on this microphone and just start like talking and thinking about this and just saying whatever comes into my brain or something since we started the podcast. It's yeah, you never were into news or politics before. Right. Yeah. 
I didn't decide to major in political theory and spend all my days lobbying as a student <laughs> advocate and all of these things. So it's just very frustrating and disempowering. And I really just want to encourage people to rethink how they talk to each other. And uh, thank you for letting me be sensitive. 100%. And yeah, yeah what, what, what did I say on our Facebook group? Talk to people like they're Michelle Obama. Talk to people <laughs> the way you would talk to Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Just or, do that. or how you would talk to them if you were in front of their face. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I like she's for her, for me, like she's my model of grace, mm-hmm. like Absolutely. for grace, which I am not yeah. graceful it's in word or deed. <laughs> so I'm really trying like to be more kind and to, and to amplify kindness. And so mm-hmm. I really appreciate you giving your point of view because I think amplifying kindness is so important right now. It's really just really hard to get a kind word out, um, amongst the uh, you know the cacophony of assholery that's happening so Mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing that i appreciate it totally thank you for letting me of course that was a a very unscripted long speech quite all right we had the time thanks for not playing me off (laughs) (laughs) get the fuck off i like how we have both have the same playoff music where does that come from the oscars i know yeah (laughs) but like how weird like we have the same song yeah there must be something psychologically about the tones that get people to like fucking move that we've internalized oh my god that's awesome uh any information on that song hit us up at daily beans pod (laughs) everyone please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of the planet and take care of your mental health i've been ag i've been jordan coburn and them's the beans the daily beans is executive produced and directed by ag and jordan coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie mazel and starburns industries our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>